about love. Now, this weekend, I'm doing part two of a message I introduced to you last weekend. And this message is entitled today, I've Lost That Loving Feeling. I've lost that love and feeling. For some of us, some of us married couples, the Righteous Brothers has written the anthem of your marriage. For those who are millennials, the Righteous Brothers are not two deacons in the church, okay? These, these, are, these are some old school singers. But they came out with a song entitled, I've Lost That Loving Feeling. I want to talk about that. There was a couple one time, they were going to a counselor because they felt like they had lost the loving feeling and they were seeing if there was just anything to hold on to in the marriage and they were going through counseling and the counselor was identifying the conflict and all the problems they were having. He was looking for something they could hold on to, something that could make them believe that they had something in their relationship to hold on to. And he noticed in one of the counseling sessions that occasionally throughout the the session, the wife would refer to her husband as Hun. And he said, there it is. There it is. She has some. There's just one glimmer of hope. And in the counseling session, he said to her, I noticed, he said to the wife, that occasionally in this session, you refer to your husband as Hun. You have something to hold on to. And she replied, Hun, I mean Attila the Hun. That's who I'm talking about. Some of us, some of us feel like we've lost that loving feeling. For all the the singles, for all the young adults that are not married, let me just dispel some marital myths. There's some myths about marriage. Let me dispel. Number one is a myth that says happy happy couples don't argue. All of God's couples argue. And sometimes arguments and conflict is, is healthy because it teaches us to forgive and unite and come together. But don't think because you've had arguments that your, your marriage is not the right marriage to be in. Someone has said, in the first year of marriage, he talks and the, women, the woman listens. In the second year of marriage, the woman talks and the man listens. In the third year of marriage, they both talk and the neighbors listen. Uh, Okay, arguments are going to happen in a marriage. Number two, myth. If I marry the right person, I will always feel in love. Can I tell you, you're going to marry the right person and sometimes you will not feel in love. Sometimes you'll just grit your teeth and go through it and just struggle through those feelings. A myth number three, if my partner really loved me, he or she would change Let me just say to the young adults, don't marry anybody that you are trying to change them by bringing them under your influence through marriage. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Don't think that they don't love you because they don't change. Another myth, myth number four, couples that have a good marriage were just lucky. No. They worked at it. They, they applied themselves. It's not luck. It is a lot of work for marriage to work. And all the married couples said, amen. Number five myth, there is nothing I can do about my unhappy marriage. That is a myth. Yes, you can regain that loving feeling. Someone has said there are four rings in a marriage. 
There is the engagement ring. There is the wedding ring. There is suffering. And there is enduring. Whatever stage of the marriage ring you're at, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. You can recapture the loving feeling. Now, typically, psychologists identify five, five stages of marriage. And if you look into it, and uh, Psychology Today uh, magazine has one, and they give them different titles, but basically, let me kind of bring a summation to it. There are basically five stages of marriage. And it begins stage number one with falling in love, initial passion, you just if infatuation, the honeymoon, whatever you want to call it. I'm going to call it the initial, initial passion. And then you go all the way to stage number five, and this is forever love, living happily ever after, the forever love. You've just, you're holding on to the marriage, and you're happy, and you're glad that you worked through issues. Stage one and stage five. Now, in between, there are three other stages. It's typically in these three stages where somebody gets caught. It's in these three stages you lose that loving feeling. It's in stage two, three, or four that divorce happens, separation, that heartbreak happens. It's in those areas that we get caught. And what's interesting to me, as I begin to read the love chapter, God's Word, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I noticed in the first three verses, each verse spoke of one of the three stages between initial passion and forever love. The three stages that we get caught in are actually outlined in God's Word. Psychologists think they discovered it. Can I tell you, it was in God's Word, the Bible, all along. And stage two is found beginning in verse one, then the next phase uh, in verse two, and the next phase in verse number three. So let's read and let's unpack together where we lose the loving feeling and how to get it back. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 1. If I speak with the tongue of men and angels but do not have love, I am only a sounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Verse 2. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that I can move mountains but I do not have love, I am nothing. Number three, verse number three. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. And I want to suggest to us, verse one, two, and three gives us the three stages in the middle between initial passion and forever love where we lose the loving feeling. And I want to encourage us how to regain it. In fact, we're going to close with a prayer moment. And I'm going to give every couple in here some direction how to get out of the stage that you're caught in, you're stuck in. The first stage is found in verse number one, and I'm going to call it the irritation stage. The irritation stage. This is the stage in the marriage when you start saying, what was I thinking? Why was I thinking marrying him? What was I thinking marrying her? It's found in 
in verse number one, I call it the irritation stage. Notice this, it's Eve, I speak with the tongue of men and angels, but do not have love. I am a sounding gong or a clanging cymbal. It's an irritant. Is there some noise around the house that just is an irritant? Is, is like guys like a, like a slipping fan belt on an automobile, you know what that's like? Maybe pots and pans being pulled out of, out of the, the cabinets. That maybe on the back of a closet door, there's these hangers, and every time you open and close, you just hear that clanging around. Just that irritating sound. My wife, Denise, there's a sound that just irritates her. I, I will drink a bottle of water, and I have a habit. I have a habit that when I'm done with the bottle of water, I'll just hit her and do this. Okay, not that I would do it to irritate her, okay, but I'll just do it as a, I guess it's kind of a nervous, it doesn't bother me, but it just begins to drive my wife up the wall, and finally she'll reach over, give me that, I can't stand it anymore. This is what the verse is saying. The verse is saying, if I have the tongue of men and angels but do not have love, I am like the sound of an empty bottle water that is just irritating somebody all the time. Let me ask you, are you at the irritation stage? Have you lost attraction? I mean, you used to think, my, everything about him I love. You used to think, everything about her is so cute. And now it just irritates you. It irritates you the way they sip their coffee. You hate to drive with them because they talk to traffic. Idiot over there. Why don't they get... You just hate to be in the automobile. Does it bother you, lady, that while he's eating, he takes his fork and scratches his back? Does it bother you? Is that, is that an irritant? He takes his knife and he cuts his meat and then picks his teeth with the same knife. Are there things that just... Oh, he just, oh, just he irritates me to no end. She irritates me to no end. Let me just say... The irritation stage is danger because irritation lowers the marriage immune system. Yeah. And when the marriage immune system goes down, all kinds of germs called indifference. Yes. Withdrawal, frustration begin to infect the marriage. When you're in that season of that that petty things bother you. used to think some of the things were cute and you didn't even notice that when you were dating. But now that you're a few years into the marriage, it just, those petty little things just bother you to no end. This is the irritation stage. What can you do about it? Well, one thing you need to do is you need to pray for the marriage. One thing you need to do is start being grateful for your spouse. Gratitude will change your attitude. Gratitude will begin to change the way you look at your spouse and things that you didn't notice if you will begin uh, just a process of being grateful for. I'm grateful that they come home. I'm grateful they buy clothes. I'm grateful they look. I'm grateful she spends so much time in the morning getting ready to just make herself look beautiful for me. I'm grateful that she does this for me. I'm grateful that he does this for me. And begin to practice gratitude. It will help you get out of the irritation stage. Number two stage is what I call the missing ingredient stage. 
The missing ingredient stage. The missing ingredient stage, this is when you're saying, everything would be great if, if he would, if she wouldn't. The missing ingredient. It's found in verse number two. And what I want you to notice about verse number two, unlike verse one and verse number three, it mentions the word if twice. Did you ever notice that in verse number two? The word if is found twice. The missing ingredient stage. Let's look at it. If I have the gift of prophecy that I can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have the gift of faith that I can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. Yeah, if I can do all, I can, I can provide, I can get my education, I can buy a home, we can live in a gated community, I'll buy a new SUV. If I do all of this, but I don't have love, I am nothing. The premarital stage, we call it engagement. When we get married, it's unfortunate we move to a, to a stage called disengagement. Huh. We really need to keep that word. I understand marriage is you're no longer engaged, but we need to keep the concept of engagement, not pulling away, not rejection, not going into a tunnel, not going down into, the, into a shell, but staying engaged in the marriage. And there's two signs that you're in the missing ingredient stage. Two signs, very common, that your marriage is in the missing ingredient stage. Anger and complaining. Now, typically, now typically, anger is something men do. And complaining is something that women have the propensity to do when you're in the missing ingredient stage, what I mean. First about guys, guys, we don't deal with failure very well. Everything for us, how we get our identity is our success and our performance in an area. We want to feel like we're winning. We want to feel like we're succeeding. We like the pat on the back. We like to feel like we're gaining ground. We feel like we want to feel like we're getting ahead, that there's a goal. Men always talk about goals and accomplishment, what they've had, what they've done, what they've achieved in their business, in their career, and the promotion. There's something about gaining ground and, and succeeding. Inevitably, when a man does not feel like he's winning and he feels like a failure, he gets angry. And sometimes, ladies, you think the, the anger is towards you and towards the relationship, and it can be in general areas towards life, and anger goes up in, in men. That's just when we don't know how to deal with it. Guys, when we don't have a solution and we can't fix it, we get mad. We get upset because that's how God's wired us. Ladies, ladies get their identity in a relationship from the quality of the relationship. Guys, get this. It's the quality of the relationship. And when the quality of the relationship is not there, they instinctively complain. And as anger goes up and complaining goes up, so does the divide occur in the marriage and the further we plunge into the missing ingredient stage. Now, I'm going to share something with all of the ladies in the service. 
Every man in here gets it, and it makes so much sense to us guys. It's just, it, it, guys, you're going to click on and say, that's right, that's right. And every lady in here, you're going to say, I absolutely have no idea what you're talking about, Pastor. And that is, here it is, the, the more that a man is told that he's doing a good job, a better job will he do at that very thing. But the more that a man is told he's not doing a good job, he shuts down, anger comes in, and he gives up on it. Because there's something about failure men can't deal with. We struggle with it. We just, it, 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 it just drives us up the wall. And the, the way for us to do a better job in any part of our marriage, tell us we're doing a good job at it. You say, well, why? Pastor, that doesn't make sense. Why would I tell him he's doing a good job at it when he's not doing a good job? Because if you'll tell him he's doing a good job, he'll try even harder. Because men want to be the best at everything. That is to say, let's say there's an area of the relationship, he's a four. Maybe a four and a half because you, he recently bought you something for Christmas you liked, okay? So let's give him a four and a half. If you want him to be a seven or an eight, then appreciate and admire him in the area he's a four and a half. Tell him he's doing a good job. Tell him he's succeeding it. Tell him how much that means to you and how much you appreciate that. And then all of a sudden, he'll want to do a better job at that very thing. I know that's counterintuitive. I know, ladies, that just seems like it doesn't make sense. But can I tell you, it will work. And for a moment, let me just touch on this before we segue on. Marriage is not a 50-50. Whoever told you that was wrong. Divorce is 50-50. He gets his half and she gets his, her half. No. Marriage is a hundred hundred. And when it's not a hundred and hundred, if it ever goes down to a 90-70, there's a missing ingredient. You're in the missing ingredient stage. If ever a spouse feels like I'm giving and trying harder than my spouse, you're at the missing ingredient ingredient stage and when you're there you have the same opinion as scripture this is what it is i am nothing and there's some of us here that's what we would say of our marriage i feel like i'm a nothing in this marriage what does it mean you're at the missing ingredient stage which brings me to number three the third stage between initial love and and forever love. The third stage, I'm going to call it the resentment stage. The resentment stage. This is when we say it's useless to try. I've given up. I can't do anything. Can't change him. Can't change her. We can't get, we can't get beyond this. Maybe it went from the irritation stage and then you found yourself or season in the missing ingredient stage, but somehow you've slipped and you found yourself stuck in the cycle of the resentment stage. And this is found in verse number three. Let's look to it. Verse three, 
He said, if I give all I possess, notice that, you can be in the resentment stage and feel like you're giving your all. If I give all I possess to the poor, if I give my body over to hardship, you're saying I'm working hard at it. I'm sacrificing. I've done, I've done so much changing. I've done so many things to make this work. I've just tried so hard. It's been a hard job, and I've given my all. Some of you feel like you're there. I boast, but I do not have love. Notice this phrase. I gain nothing. Huh. I want you to hold on to that phrase. I gain nothing. The New Testament, the New Testament is written in Greek. Now, in our Bible, Spanish or English, it's translated into our our language. But the original document that the New Testament was given to us is in Greek. And in the Greek language, that last phrase, I gain nothing, There's an interesting word used in the original language for the word gain. Hmm. It is used 15 times in the New Testament, that word. Most of the time, it's translated good. It's the verse in the New Testament, the gospel, where Jesus said, what good would it do for me to gain the whole world and lose your soul? That word good, same word. So I could literally translate that last phrase like this. This is the resentment stage. I'm giving my all. I am working so hard. But I don't have the love that I want. And I feel like there's no good in this marriage. I don't see any good. I feel like I am good for nothing in this marriage. That's the resentment stage. That's not where God wants us. That's not where God intends. But when we move from verse 1 to the irritation stage and we allow ourselves to slip in the missing ingredient stage and you stay in that missing ingredient stage for so long, you can slip into the resentment stage and say, I see no good in this marriage. Just a moment, I'm going to tell us how we can change that. I'm going to show you how you can open a door for the Holy Spirit to do something new in your marriage. But let me just say this. Marriage is two imperfect people who refuse to give up on each other. And I'm speaking to somebody today. I'm speaking to somebody today. Don't give up on a person that you think about every day. Yeah. Every day you think about them. Every day there's a thought. And either you've given up or about to give up. Because you're saying... I've given my all. It's been so hard. And I don't feel like there's any good left. What I want you to know is God has a different opinion. So for a moment, right before we pray, and right before I give you some some help on how you can change and get out of that pattern and not be stuck in the resentment stage, 
I want to suggest to you through some towns in Texas. Stay with me. I've got four towns in Texas identified. They're real towns. Maybe the name of the town represents your marriage today. It's unproductive. It's unhappy. It's unhealthy. And I've got four other towns in Texas. Real towns. I'm going to suggest you move out of these four towns and move into one of these four towns as it represents your marriage, okay? As it speaks to the condition, the atmosphere, and the spirit of your marriage. What wants to move out of? Number one, it's a town in Texas called Uncertain. And some of us are there. You're saying to yourself, I'm not sure I'm going to stick with this. I'm not certain I want to be married anymore. I'm not certain I... I can make this work. I've tried hard. I've given it my all, and I'm just not sure it's working out. Town number two. It's a real town. Frost, Texas. Has the marriage become cold? You've disengaged. There's no longer those little nicety and cute things and pet names shared between each other. Have you emotionally and even physically disconnected from each other, and there's There's cold shoulders and cold feelings and aloofness in the frost. The third one, it's a town in Texas, Sour Lake. Wow. Even sounds bad, doesn't it, huh? Uh, Are you in Sour Lake? Every idea... Every thought of a vacation, every thought of a place, every idea of doing this and going, the thought of going to the gym with him or her, the thought of going on vacation, the thought of sour, like you just, nothing sounds appealing. If nothing sounds appealing, you're living in Sour Lake. The fourth, and this is a town. Yes, it's north of Houston. This is a town. It's called Cut and Shoot. Wow. If you're in Cut and Shoot, you're in trouble. You're way down in the resentment category where every word cuts and every thought and remark shoots a hole in their heart. Some of us are there. Some of us are lobbing grenades. We have these terms and these phrases and these defensiveness that just erupt you're living in cut and shoot if you're living in one of these towns speaking metaphorically of the marriage can I suggest one of these towns to move into for your marriage one of them it's a town in Texas it's entitled new home yeah how about having a Joshua 24:15 moment? As for me and my house, my home, we're going to serve the Lord. How about saying we're not going to use the D word anymore? How about saying we're not going to do this anymore? How about saying we're not going to do? How about remodeling the marriage? And I'm speaking that of just your inner workings and your communication. How about having a new home, a new heart? Here's another one. It's a town. Wink. Wink, Texas. Yeah. How about moving to a place where 
you just become more affectionate. How long has it been since you've taken her hand and, and you just held her hand? How long has it been since you just held her? And how long has it been since you, you kissed him and then just paused a moment and just said, let me just look into your eyes. Affection coming back into the marriage. Maybe it's time to move to Wink. Then, Sweetwater. I'd rather be in Sweetwater than Sour Lake. Can you say amen to that? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, just everything could be good news. Well, we can't afford to... The big vacation, that's all right. We'll have a great smaller vacation this year. That's how you look at it if you live in Sweetwater. And the best, I like the best. This is it. This is it. How about Sugarland? Amen. Yeah, Sugarland. Yeah. That everything celebrated. You just baptized the relationship with tenderness and feeling and meeting. Sugarland. Get out of cut and shoot and move into Sugarland. Good idea, isn't it? It speaks of what God wants for your marriage. Just a moment, we're going to pray. But I told you I was going to give you some advice on how to get off a of dead center. How to, how to break the cycle of the resentment stage or how to how to quit battling in the missing ingredient stage. How, how to break the, the, the irritation stage. How, how can we do that? How can we make the marriage better? And some of us right now, we're at rock bottom. And you're saying, I don't see any good. I don't feel any good in this marriage. I tell you, God can, God can bring a fresh love to your marriage. And here's my suggestion and here's my advice to everyone, every couple. Valentine's Day is coming up. It'd be, this would be a great moment for you. Let me suggest this. I want to suggest that married couples, you write two letters. I'm going to suggest that you write two letters to your spouse. The first letter, I want you to tell them why you fell in love with them and what you're needing from them right now. First letter. Tell them, when I first met, and this is what I saw, this is how you made me feel, and this is what I admired about you, this is what I so appreciated about. I want you to tell them why you fell in love with him and what you're needing right now. Please, don't make it a list of complaints. Don't go there. Don't do that. Don't do that. One letter. This is why I fell in love with you. And this is what I need from you right now. The second letter. The second letter, I want you to write the response letter that you hope to get from them. So you're going to write a letter. This is what I loved about you, how I fell in love. But this is what I need right now. Then the second letter is a letter to you, as it were, from them. And it would be the response you hope they would give you when they read your first letter. And I want you to take both letters and I want you to give it to your spouse. Let them know why you fell in love with them 
Let them know what you need right now. And pour out your heart. This is the response that I'm hoping and praying that I wanted to get from you. Why? Because this can create a moment for the Holy Spirit to step in. And God can give you a new moment and break the deadlock, break the tension, to break out of the cycle of resentment and and irritation, to, to identify what's missing and to bring our focus not on our complaints, but how to build a forever love in the marriage. Two letters. So with that, (coughs) excuse me, with that, balcony and main floor, let's pray. I want you to just bow your heads. If you're comfortable, your spouse is with you, just take your spouse by the hand as we pray. Father, in this room, I believe that you're wanting to restore your love to marriages. You approve when people discover love in one another. And you want your love to be in that marriage. But so frequently we can bring in the hurts from a past marriage or misunderstanding or past conflict. And sometimes the baggage of how we were raised and we bring it into the marriage and it We spend years just battling missing ingredient or even even that dreadful resentment stage. And we can feel like, God, we're giving our all, but feel like there's no good left. But that's what our emotions are telling us. And I'm asking, Lord, by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that couples will take a bold step with each other. Write these two letters. And give God a chance to step in. Give God a chance to bring the love that he wants to bring in their marriage, the one they're in right now. To call their hearts back together. And to give God a chance to build a lasting forever love between them. I pray against doubt. I I pray against God negativism. I pray, God, sometimes we begin to think this right away, defensiveness and hurt and, and doubt and she won't do and he won't and I try. God, just don't let, the, don't let all of those doubts and fears and anger moments rob God's opportunity to bring a new moment. And I bless them and I speak your favor over their marriage. And I pray a new season of a stronger family will come to them. God, Holy Spirit, this is your moment. And give them that assurance. If they will bring Jesus into the marriage, that God can do great things among them. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Throughout this month, Wednesday and weekends, we're walking through 1 Corinthians 13. And I'd just like to say to all of our guys, starting this week, Wednesday is our gathering of men. One Wednesday a month, the first Wednesday of each month, I'll be in room 201. 
I would invite you guys, if you want to go on a spiritual journey with your pastor, I would love the privilege to spend some quality time and speak into your heart and we just grow and become what God intends us to be together. Thank you for joining us. God bless you. Go in the love of the Lord.